0: Okay, this is a third message uh, in a series that we've been here looking at here on Sunday mornings for the last couple of weeks, and this will be the last message on this subject. Um, I've entitled this message, The Way of Salvation, and we're going to start in Matthew chapter 7. We've been here, I think we've been here the last two Sundays as well, but I want to start here this Sunday as a starting point, because this is where Jesus basically uh, teaches us to walk on that narrow path. So this message is entitled, The Way of Salvation. And we're going to start in verse 13 of Matthew 7. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way, That leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are a few who find it. Verse 15 Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes? The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. I want to focus here on verse 24 where he says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So basically this is a theme throughout the scriptures God's uh, interested in us doing his word, not just knowing his word. We must know his word, of course, before we could do it. We must learn his word before we can know his word. We must understand his word and we must obey his word. We must do what his word says to do. That's the wise man, the wise woman, wants to know what does God think? What does God say about this? What is God's heart on this matter? And his will, God's will, is revealed to us through his word. James tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. As a matter of fact, it's a greater responsibility to hear the Word of God uh, because to whom has been given much, much will be required. Uh, when you know the Word of God and then you willfully choose not to do it, uh, you're even more accountable and responsible for Because that is then outward rebellion against God. And so the Lord is saying, look, I'm trying to help you. I want to bless you, but you must listen to my words. You must hear my words and you must obey them. And then nothing will be able to rock your faith. Nothing will be able to shake your faith. Your faith will be built upon the solid rock of Of Jesus Christ. And no matter what storms come in your life, even the final storm of death when you die, God will be there with you to usher you into his kingdom in heaven forever and ever. So even the storm that we're all going to face, we all have an appointment with death, that's not the end. And God will even use that to usher us into his presence. Uh, And so nothing will be able to rock our faith or shake our faith. Uh, no matter what the enemy throws at us or what anybody does to us, if we are obedient to the word of God and we are building our lives upon the foundation of the rock of his word. Now, it's interesting when Jesus is saying this, this is kind of the end of three full chapters of his teaching, which is, of course, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, starting with the Beatitudes. So if you want to just turn back to chapter 5 with me, uh, we'll look at some of what Jesus' specific sayings are that he was talking about to the people, the hearers that were listening to him. So, literally, specifically, the the sayings of Jesus here in chapter five would certainly be what he's referring to uh, in Matthew chapter seven when he says, "Those who hear these sayings of mine." What sayings? Well, he just he just taught them these things in this uh, sermon on the mount. In Matthew chapter 5, we have the the Beatitudes, starting in verse 3. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God or the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you, so now you get an idea of some of the sayings that Jesus is speaking about that we are to obey, and we are to do. We are to be poor in spirit, we are to be those who mourn over sin and over the lost. we are those who are to be meek and humble, we are to those to, to be those who would hunger and thirst after righteousness. We are to be those who are merciful and kind and show mercy to others. We are to be those who are pure in heart, for the pure in heart shall see God. We are to be peacemakers, and we are blessed when we are persecuted for his name's sake." Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. And I think that this is already beginning to happen in our culture where if you take a biblical stance on things like whether it's natural to change a gender of a child from a boy to a girl, uh, that is now considered hate speech. And so we're going to be persecuted for taking a stand uh, for the gender that somebody is born and saying, no, if you're born a boy, you're a boy. If you're born a girl, you're a girl. Somehow that's now hate speech to be able to say that when that should be fairly obvious at every level uh, that that that's the truth. Uh, To say that uh, God does not accept gay marriage or that God does not accept a homosexual lifestyle, or pornography, or people living uh, in adultery, or living in sin, living together before they're married, having sex outside of marriage. It's all encompassed sexual immorality. At this point, this is now hate speech to be able to say this. And so the persecution is already beginning. And it's probably just a matter of time before the government begins to censor uh, us in our beliefs and really begins to censor the Word of God. And this is where persecution uh, typically begins. It doesn't end there. It begins there because then they begin to take away more and more of the Word of God and make more and more of it illegal uh, and And they banish it as hate speech or or they censor it, and so uh, we should understand there are many people who are persecuted for their faith that are greater than us, who have suffered greater loss than we have suffered, uh, and we are in good company it 's an honor to be able to die for the Lord and to suffer for the lord that 's how the uh, New testament uh, fathers believed the uh, the fathers of the faith the uh, disciples and and uh, the the early church fathers and so forth. You could read the Fox's Book of Martyrs and see how many people were thrown to the lions because they would not deny Jesus Christ. So they were fed to the lions in the Colosseums. They were burned at the stake by Nero. Uh persecuted they were uh, they lost all of their property they were basically wandering uh, because because they would not be able to participate in the culture in the society in Rome because they would not deny Jesus Christ they would not say Caesar is Lord and deny that Jesus is Lord and so it is an honor uh, to be persecuted for Christ's sake for righteousness sake now Jesus continues here In verse 16, he says this, he says, "'Let your light so shine before men "'that they may see your good works "'and glorify your Father as in heaven.'" your Father who is in heaven. So Jesus is telling us uh, that we are to let our light shine. You're the light of the world, he says. A city that is set upon a hill cannot be hidden. You don't hide a lamp. uh, You don't light a lamp and hide it under a basket, uh, but you put it on a lampstand. It gives light to the whole house. And so too, we are supposed to let our light shine before men, that they would see our good works and they would glorify our Father who is in heaven. In verse 23, Jesus says this, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. And so Jesus is saying, we're to be peacemakers. We're to be humble. We're to humble ourselves. And if someone has ought or if we've offended someone, we should go seek out reconciliation. It doesn't mean that they're going to want to reconcile with you. Uh, Romans 12 18 Paul tells us that we should be uh uh, wanting to reconcile with everybody even if everyone's not going to want to reconcile with us we're to seek to be at peace with all men so much as it depends on you and me uh Paul was hated by a lot of people Jesus was hated by a lot of people Peter was hated by a lot of people too so there'll be people who will not want to reconcile with us but let it be on them not on you we should always have a heart of being the peacemaker because Jesus Christ is the prince of peace and he rules over us and we are reflecting and representing Christ to a Christless fallen world. In verse 28 of chapter 5, Jesus says, but I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her or a man to lust for him has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so Jesus is even raising the bar of the Ten Commandments It says you shall not commit adultery. He's saying don't even commit adultery in your heart in your mind, uh, in your fantasy realm, Uh, no doubt a prohibition against uh, pornography. In verse 38, Jesus says this, "'You have heard that it was said, "'an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. "'But I tell you not to resist an evil person, "'but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, "'turn the other to him also. "'If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, "'let him have your cloak also.' And whoever presses you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you and do not turn away. I mean, Jesus is really raising the bar here. Uh, He would say, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. And so the only way we could do this, turn the other cheek, give the shirt off of our back and go the extra mile. Uh, and love our enemies is if Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning over our hearts and it's not us with our own selfish pride, you know, fighting and and, and defending ourselves. In essence, we 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 trust the Lord, we yield to the Lord, and we let the Lord be our defender. God can do a far better job of defending you than you could do of defending yourself. Uh, Remember David said to King Saul, the Lord judge between you and me, Saul, when Uh, Saul was trying to kill David, and David would not hurt him. He says, I will not touch God's anointed. And, and he said, you know, what am I? David said, what am I? A flea? A a dead dog? A flea on a dead dog? You're taking the armies of Israel to chase all around Israel to, to, Kill me. I'm nothing. And, and I don't want to harm you, David said to Saul. But, he, but David said this. He said, but the Lord judge between you, Saul, the king, and me. And if I've got sin in my heart against you, then the Lord judge me. But he knew he didn't have it. His heart was pure against Saul. He loved King Saul. Uh, and in, in the end, uh, Saul ended up dying at his own hand. He fell on his own sword and was killed, uh, finished off, um, uh, by an Amalekite there, so it, it's 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 an interesting thing where you let the Lord uh, be your defender. Verse forty four, Jesus says in Matthew five, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For He makes His sun to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And again, the only way we can love our enemies is if it's Jesus loving them Through us, Because we can't do this in our flesh. Uh, It's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As we yield to God, as we deny ourselves, as we seek to be humble, as Jesus was meek and lowly and humble of heart, uh, then God gives us the power to even love our enemies and to bless those who curse us and to do good to those who hate us and to pray for those who spitefully use us and persecute us. In chapter 6 and verse 1, Jesus continues. He says, "'Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds or give alms before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward.' But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And so with our giving, we are not to be giving to the Lord or even giving to others in a way to boost ourselves or to elevate ourselves or to draw attention to ourselves or to get our name in lights or get our name put on a building or get our name put on a wing of a building, of a a, a campus, of a, a, a facility, a church facility. So many times people will give a million dollar endowment, but they want the whole thing named after them. So it's really they're getting their reward now. Uh, instead of in heaven. And so Jesus is saying, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't give to be seen of men. Don't give and make a big publical, public spectacle of your giving, but give privately, and the Lord who sees in secret will reward you openly. Concerning prayer, Jesus says this in verse 5. He says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And so, again, Jesus is telling us that we ought to be prayer warriors. We should be those who pray. But when we pray again, we should not be doing it to draw attention to ourselves. We should be doing it to just enter into the presence of God and just plead with God and intercede with God and make our, our requests known unto God between us and God, not to put on a performance or a show to be seen of men as though we were righteous. In verse 16, concerning fasting, Jesus says this, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you... When you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Again, the idea is not to put on a public spectacle to be seen of men so that people will think you're so holy or you're so righteous. It's it's really something of the heart. In verse 19 about Laying up treasure in heaven, Jesus says this Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so again, Jesus is teaching us. He's saying, don't get wrapped up with the things of this world. You can't take it with you. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You can't buy immortality. These billionaires wish they could buy immortality. Uh, uh, Some of them freeze their brains. They freeze their bodies through chirogenics and their... Hope that someday science will allow them to be able to resurrect their bodies like Walt Disney and some others. They're on ice somewhere believing that somehow they're going to be able to be resurrected. They're going to be able to live forever. They didn't want to trust in Jesus but they're going to try and trust in the scientists to resurrect them. Elon Musk uh, of Tesla is working on the Neuralink project where they're putting computer chips and wires into people's brains with the idea, well they don't say they're putting in people's brains yet although they probably are. They say they're putting in rats and pigs brains right now. At least that's admitting uh, but they're saying that they're going to be able to transfer your conscious mind to the internet to the to the cloud and that you'll be able to live forever in an avatar state in the cloud and you'll never die so you know this is a lie from the pit of hell it's like satan in the garden of eden told eve saying if you eat of the tree you surely will not die you know you're going to know good from evil God doesn't want you to know good from evil. He's trying to keep something good from you, Eve, and it was a lie. We're all going to die because of sin. And so we shouldn't be caught up with the things of this world or material possessions. Oftentimes, The things that we possess all of a sudden possess us and we begin to live for the things of the world because we have so much stuff and we're so consumed and we're consumers and we're programmed to buy things by the programmers who are programming us through the media and through the advertising agencies. And Jesus is saying, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth Uh, where moth and rust destroy. Thieves can break in and steal, but lay up your treasures in heaven. Certainly this has to do with our giving to him financially, but I think even more so it is the souls that are saved. That's the real treasure that we're going to see in heaven is the people that we impact for Christ and that we lead to the Lord. That's the real treasure uh, in God's eyes. In verse 25, Jesus says this, Verse 31, skipping ahead. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek, but your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's the key. Put God first. Seek him first. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The key is, is are you living your life for Christ? Are you putting him first? Is he the preeminent one? And if not, then really you're, you're going to have problems in this world because whatever you put before God becomes your God. Whatever you are, uh, is your master passion, whether it's your job, whether it's your family, whether it's your career, whether it's uh, your recreation, you know, your stock portfolio, your real estate holdings, whatever it is, you know, everything else becomes an idol if we put it before our relationship with God. And Jesus says, just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all the other things will be added unto you. He promises, if we put him first, that he will meet our needs he'll meet our needs and he's so faithful and then he says in verse 34 therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things sufficient for the day is its own trouble put God first seek him first and he will meet your needs chapter 7 verse 1 judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge you will be judged And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And so we're not to judge people to hell. All we could do is tell people what God's word says. And then it's up to them to respond to what the word of God says. They could either obey and listen to the word of God, or they could disobey and reject the word of God. But it's not for me to judge someone to hell. It's not for me to damn someone to hell. Uh, That's God's business. My job is to make sure that I'm not damned to hell, that I'm on the straight and narrow path that leads to life and that I'm bearing good fruit in my life and that I'm building my house, my spiritual house upon the rock of the foundation of the word of God. And so he continues and says, and why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you do not consider the plank that's in your own eye, verse three, or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, There's a plank in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So we're not to just go out there and judge this group and judge that group and judge this group and judge that group. We should be those who judge ourselves. And we should be those who take the beam out of our own eye. So what? So that we can help other people by taking the speck out of our brother's eye. That's the judgment we should be doing. To help people to straighten up and straighten out and get on the straight and narrow path that leads to life. Because as we all know, a life of sin utterly and ultimately is a life of self destruction because sin destroys us. It destroys our lives. Sin is forbidden because sin is bad for us. That's why sin is forbidden. It's bad for us. It destroys us. God loves us. He wants to help us. He wants to tell us the right way to live. And so we should also uh, look to others to try and help them in their struggles. And, and, but first we have to uh, examine ourselves and remove the plank from our own eye and then we'll see clearly to help our brother to remove the speck from his eye. In verse 7, Jesus says, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened. And so he encourages us to come to God and to ask before God. Make our plea before God for the things that we need or the things that we would like him to, to do for us through prayer. We ask. We uh, We seek. And he says, when you seek, you're going to find. And I will add this, that whatever you seek, you will find. Even if you're seeking wrong things and bad things, you go seeking trouble, you're going to find trouble. But the good news is, is if you seek God and you seek to be a righteous person and you seek to be a fruitful, godly individual, you will also find that as well. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. In verse 12, Jesus says this, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So this is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh, If you want people to be kind to you, be kind to others. If you want people to be gracious with you and merciful to you and forgiving to you, then you must also be merciful and gracious and forgiving to others. And so this is... uh, Just such wonderful teachings of Jesus here in the Sermon on the Mount. The golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Skipping to verse 24. Again, Jesus says this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, and we just hit a sampling of his sayings that he just taught them, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on the house, and it did not fall, but it was founded on the rock. Now in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus teaches his disciples about self-denial. Our culture tells us to not deny ourselves, but to, you know, feed our flesh, to do whatever we want to be the best you now, and you know, just take life uh, by the by, by the by the horns, and you know, just drive and 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 do whatever you want to do in this world, and then you'll be happy, and get whatever you want, and then you'll be happy, and it's a lie from the pit of hell. You'll go and accomplish whatever your dreams are, or whatever your ambitions are, and you'll still be unsatisfied. And so Jesus tells us the truth. Satan lies and says, do what you will shall be the whole of the law. Jesus says, no, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. You will find life. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, and this is you and me today. We are his disciples. We are his church. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And for what profit is is it to a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So Jesus is telling us the way to life, the way to life is to deny ourselves, not to just do whatever we want and to step over people and just take what we want. I mean, that's our winning evolution, the the stronger take from the weaker and so forth. That's not uh, the teachings of Christ. Christ tells us to humble ourselves, to deny ourselves, and to take up our cross, which uh, symbolizes the cross, symbolizes self-mortification, the cross does not just symbolize Jesus dying on the cross, although it does. But when you wear a cross, it is symbolizing Jesus' death on the cross, but it's also symbolizing your identity with Christ, that you are also taking up your cross and you're dying to yourself and to your lusts and to your desires and your selfish ambitions because it's no longer my will, but thy will to be done. In First John, and chapter 1, John, the beloved disciple, tells us this in verse 5. He says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, we walk in darkness, we lie, and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all our sin. So God is light, in him there's no darkness, Uh, and, and if we say we have fellowship with him, but we're living in darkness, we are just merely deceiving ourselves, because God does not love sin. So if you love sin, and you think God loves sin, you've got the wrong God. God hates sin, That's why Jesus died on the cross. He died for the sins of the world. He died to free you and me from the bondage and the slavery of sin so that we could be free men and free women to live our lives in a healthy, holy way for God, no longer uh, in bondage in slavery to sin. And he says, if we walk in the light... As he himself is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And then we know that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all our sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. And this is to the church. This is to the Christian. If we say we have no sin, we're liars. We're all sinners. It's, it's innate within our very DNA to sin. We have to fight against sin every single day, every moment of every day in this world, in this flesh. He says, but... If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. God makes this so simple to us and for us to understand. If you confess your sins, he's faithful. He's just to forgive you of your sins for Christ's sake because Christ died on the cross. He suffered and bled and died For your sins. Self examination, just like Jesus was teaching. Take the beam out of your own eye first, that you might help your brother by removing the speck out of his eye. Now, turning back to the Old Testament in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3 talks more about this way. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, a very wonderful uh, scripture here that many of you have memorized and should memorize if you don't have this memorized. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. We're talking about walking in the ways of the Lord, the way of salvation, the way that leads to life, the the hard road, the narrow road, but it's the right road to be on. And so he says, trust in the Lord. So whatever you're facing, if you're a child of God, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. God will give you peace that surpasses understanding when you're going through difficult times. And he tells us, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and then he will make your paths straight. And so just remember to acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and you could trust at that point that you are walking on the right path and the Lord will direct your path. Now, in 2 Chronicles, in chapter 6, we read this. 2 Chronicles, chapter 6, in verse 15. You have kept what you promised your servant David, my father. This is King Solomon praying this prayer. You have both spoken with your mouth and fulfilled it with your hand as it is this day. Verse 16. Therefore, Lord God of Israel... Now keep what you promised your servant David my father saying you shall not fail to have a man sit before me on the throne of Israel only if your sons take heed to their way that they walk in my law as you have walked before me and so Solomon started out well he did not finish well David started out well he stumbled and fell but David finished well and he's saying you know that what you promised Uh, My father, David, you have spoken it with your mouth and you have fulfilled it with your hand as it is this day. God will always, always fulfill his word. His word will not return void. Uh, His promises are are yes and amen. Uh, So God cannot lie. He's not a man that he should lie. He will not uh, repent of anything that he does. Everything he does is true and righteous and right. And whatever he says, he will do. But we are to be those who take heed to our way that we would walk in his law according to his word, uh, and then we have his promises. In verse 26, Solomon says, this is when he was uh, dedicating the temple of Israel in Jerusalem. He says, when the heavens are shut up and there's no rain because they've sinned against you, when they pray toward this place, toward the temple, and confess your name and turn from their sin because you afflict them, then here in heaven... And forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel, that you may teach them the good way in which they should walk, and send rain on your land, which you have given to your people as an inheritance. So, again, even if you've stumbled, even if you've fallen, all you have to do is cry out to God and ask Him to forgive you, and He will meet you right where you are at. In Ezra, And chapter 8 and verse 21 I'll read this to you we read this then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions For I was ashamed to request of a king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road, because we had spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. But his power and his wrath are against those who forsake him. So we fasted and entreated our God for this. And he answered our prayer. They were walking the right way. They were humbling themselves before God as they were coming back into the promised land to rebuild Jerusalem after the Babylonian captivity. And he says, uh, you know, uh, we were walking in the way. We didn't want to uh, show a lack of faith by asking for uh, soldiers and an army to come and and help us to come back into the land uh, from uh, Persia. Uh, But he says, we fasted, we entreated God and he answered our prayer. He kept them safe. Why? Because they were obedient. They were walking in his way. They were continuing on the right path. In Nehemiah, the next book, chapter nine, and verse 19, we read this. "'Yet in your manifold mercies "'you did not forsake them in the wilderness.'" Speaking of the children of Israel as they wandered. "'The pillar of the cloud did not depart from them by day "'to lead them on the road, "'nor the pillar of fire by night "'to show them light and the way that they should go. "'You also gave your good spirit to instruct them. "'You did not withhold your manna from their mouth.'" You gave them water for their thirst. For 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. And he's saying you you would light the way of your people. You would preserve the way of your people. You would send your good spirit to instruct them, your people, as they walked in your way and then supernaturally God protected his people and provided for his people for 40 years in the wilderness why because they were walking in the way of the Lord now psalm chapter 119 has so many scriptures about this about walking in the way I mean almost the entire psalm of psalm 119 it's the lo- largest or longest uh, psalm in the whole bible and uh Psalm 119, I'm just going to read a few of the verses here to you about walking in the way of the Lord. Uh, And and it's always walking in accordance to the word of the Lord or the ordinances of God, the law of God. Psalm 119, verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes, that I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. So we are to keep his testimonies. We are to be those who seek him with a whole heart. We are to be those who seek to do no iniquity and, and to walk diligently according to his ways and his statutes. Verse 9 of 119, Psalm 119 says this, "'How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you.'" And so how do we keep our ways pure? How do we walk in a pure way or a a cleansed way? By taking heed according to the word of God. Uh, We look to the word of God for our instruction, our truth, our enlightenment. In verse 14, Psalm 119, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. And again, so this is all about walking in the way of the Lord, according to his testimonies, his precepts, his statutes, his Word. His will and his way is found in his word. In verse 25, the psalmist says this My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways, and you have answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove from me the way of lying and grant to me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. I cling to your testimonies. O Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments for you shall enlarge my heart. Beautiful about walking in the way of the Lord and not walking in the way of lying and liars. Back in Psalm uh, Psalm eighteen, we read this in verse thirty, along this theme of walking in the way of the Lord. Psalm eighteen, and verse thirty. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. Notice that his way is always tied into his word. His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. And so the Lord leads us and guides us along the way as we seek to obey his word. In Psalm 25 and verse 4, we read this about the way of the Lord Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindnesses, for they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth. Nor my transgressions, according to your mercy, remember me. For your goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. Thank God he teaches sinners in the way, because we're all sinners. We need his teachings. The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Who is the man that fears the Lord? He shall teach him, he shall teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant, verse 15. My eyes are ever toward the Lord and he shall pluck my feet out of the net. He teaches teaches sinners in the way. The humble he guides in justice. The humble he teaches his way. The paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. These are themes that are found over and over again as we walk in the way of the Lord. In Psalm 37 and verse 5. The psalmist David here declares, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. "'Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. "'Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, "'because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. "'Cease from anger and forsake wrath. "'Do not fret, it only causes harm, "'for evildoers shall be cut off. "'But those who wait on the Lord, "'they shall inherit the earth. "'Commit your way to the Lord. "'Trust in him, he'll bring it to pass.' Stay on that way, that, that lonely road, that straight and narrow road. Don't seek to take your own revenge against your enemies. But as Jesus taught us, pray for your enemies and love those who hate you and those who curse you. He, in Psalm 37, verse 23, David says this about our way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. "'For the Lord upholds him with his hand. "'I have been young and now I am old, "'yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, "'nor his descendants begging bread. "'He is ever merciful and lends "'and his descendants are blessed. "'Depart from evil and do good "'and dwell forevermore. "'For the Lord loves justice "'and does not forsake his saints. "'They are preserved forever.' But the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom. And his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart. And none of his steps shall slide. The same thing Jesus was saying. When the storms come, whatever comes your way. If you're obeying God and you're building your life upon his word. You will never slip and slide. God will always be there because your feet are upon the rock. You're walking in his way. And I love Psalm 23, the beautiful uh, psalm of the Lord as our shepherd. And we know that Jesus uh, tells us that he is our good shepherd who lays down his life for the flock. Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's the way that leads to God's house, David is saying. The end of this road, even though it's a hard road, uh, even though it's a road sometimes where we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though sometimes we are surrounded by our enemies, In the end, as we walk along the way with our good shepherd and we follow him, we're going to end up where? In his house. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the end of the way that we're on. The way that leads to life. The way of salvation through Jesus Christ and by the work of our good shepherd, Jesus Christ. In Revelation chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, We read this about the ways of the Lord. Revelation 15, verse 3. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. God's ways are marvelous. His ways are great, and just and true are His ways. His ways are right. They're true. They're just. Why wouldn't we want to walk in the way of righteousness, the way of justice, the way of truth, and the way that leads to eternal life? It's because of our flesh, and it's because of the pressures of this world, pulling us off that straight and narrow path that leads to life and trying to take us on that broad road that leads to destruction. Indeed it is a lonely road to walk on the road that leads to life but there are many great men and women who are on that road and many that have gone before us and again just and true are your ways O Lord righteous are you Lord and we are going to end up in his house at the end of this way. That's the end for all of us. It's a good end. It's where true life actually begins. We take our last breath in this world and we take our first breath in the real world, which is heaven, where we will dwell with him forever and ever. In First John chapter one, I know we read this earlier. This is where we're gonna end, just to leave you with this. First John chapter one and verse five. This is the message we have heard from him And declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all our sin. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We should be examining our hearts before God daily as his people. We should be humbling ourselves and saying, Lord, search me and seek me and know my heart. If there's any wicked way in me, reveal it to me that I might repent of it. I might forsake it. Uh, And so uh, we are going to have an opportunity here this morning for those who would like prayer. We're going to start on Sunday mornings having uh, a prayer team. Available at the front after service up here at the front, uh, in front of the stage here. And so uh, if you would like prayer, either to receive Jesus Christ, perhaps you've been sitting and listening, but you've never really surrendered your life to Christ or been born again, you could come forward for prayer and the prayer team will pray with you and show you how simple it is to be born again by confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Perhaps there's some who are prodigal sons and daughters who have wandered away and they want to come back to the Lord today. You can come forward for prayer to rededicate your life to Christ. Or perhaps you just have a prayer need, something personal, private, or something that uh, you're burdened with, a loved one perhaps that you'd like to pray for, or some sickness. We want to have you come forward for prayer if that's you today as well. And so uh, I'm going to pray and close the service out. The worship team can come back up, and then I will uh, uh, bring the prayer team up. They'll be right down here in the front, down at the ground level, uh, for those of you who would like uh, prayer after this service. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, that your way is defined for us in your word. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the word of God personified. You are the word of God made flesh who came and tabernacled amongst us. Lord, please forgive us for our sins, for we all fall short. We fall miserably short, Lord God, of your standard. But we thank you, Lord, that you continue to lift us up You continue to pick us up when we fall. A righteous man falls seven times and gets back up on his feet again because you stand him back up on his feet, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can uh, confess our sins to you and you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, Jesus, because you died on the cross for the sins of the whole world world may we learn to love righteousness love what you love and hate the evil that you hate lord god may we daily examine ourselves uh, to remove the beam out of our eye so that we might help our brother to remove the speck out of his eye bless your people bless this weekend continue to keep us safe and watch over us and provide for presented here today it's in jesus christ's name we pray amen Email us at podcast at gmail.com. We would be honored to pray for you, as we hope you are praying for us. Good day and God bless from City on a Hill Church to California.